Grace and peace, everyone, and welcome to KNEC Sermons, a podcast of Kurt Newton and East Calder, Church of Scotland. And let's listen to today's episode. Let us pray together. O God, shine your spirit into our hearts that we might understand your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Look up and live. The road to the promised land is full of bumps and potholes. So it seems when you read through the Old Testament book of Numbers and the account of the journey of God's people from Exodus into that promised land ahead. It's a journey full of bumps and potholes, if you like. I say that because the older I get, the more it seems to be true that life itself The journey towards the promised land is full of ups and downs. Life is never plain sailing as you and I both know. There are always setbacks as well as joys. The people of Israel, God's people, were promised a land that would be full of milk and honey. Better when they were than where they were at present. A land that they could call their own and where everyone would be able to sit under their own fig tree or vine tree and enjoy the fruits of their own labour. But there's a journey to make before all all of that is in place. The greatest setbacks that we encounter in life are setbacks of our own making often. Things that are the result of human selfishness. Right from the beginning of the scriptures, we find that human nature is plagued with the problems caused by sin. That tiny wee word with I in the centre. And so, in their complaining, God's people come across poisonous snakes. Now, there are questions here which we might never be able to answer, like, why did a loving God attack his people with poisonous snakes? And then demand that they look to that which had bit them in order to be healed. Everyone who is bitten shall look at the poisonous serpent and live, so says Numbers 21.8. Well, the snakes came about as a result of human wrongdoing, complaining, arguing, fighting. But God, it seems, takes the very thing that is causing the pain and turns it into a means of healing. It's as if God is saying to the people, look up, look up at that which is causing all the hurt. Look up at it and start living, really living, and trust in this way for healing. As one commentator has said of this passage, rather than God simply removing the problem, instead it's when we look upon our own wrongdoing, the pain and the hurt we cause, we begin to heal. Facing the issue is often the starting point towards renewal and growth in our communities and individually. In some bigger sense, this passage then is a story about dealing with sin, hurt, pain in the world. You can't avoid it. We are called to face it and to grow from there. As the people looked up to the bronze serpent and they thought deeply about their complaining and their selfishness and their arguing, 
rather than denying it or pretending it didn't exist, they began to see the grace and mercy behind it all. That as they knew well from the Psalms that God's steadfast love endures forever. And after crying out, he would send his word and heal them. I'll put aside for a moment who it was who sent the snakes in the first place and look at what happened as a result. Even though the snakes bit the people and many died, we read that the people recognised they were wrong and they come back to God via Moses asking him to pray for them. And then God provides the rescue, the way out, the cure, the healing. It's adversity or distress that awakens the spirit within, it seems. It's not times of plenty or comfort, but times of darkness and dis-ease. And the spirit is roused and leads us back to God in these times. It's like when Jonah praised that psalm from the belly of the great fish. In my distress I cried out to you, O Lord, and you heard my prayer. The Spirit of Christ causes us to look up and find life from the midst of disease. Oh, how we need that same Spirit of Jesus now in the midst of this global crisis. To have our eyes lifted up and find life on the other side of that which has caused us trouble. All of us once lived in disobedience, but by grace we are saved out of the great love which God has for us. In John's Gospel, chapter 3, Jesus makes a direct comparison with the ancient story of the bronze serpent in the desert and his own being lifted up on a cross as the means to discover life, look up and live, as the way out, the rescue, the healing, the cure. Christ crucified is now the thing to gaze upon, that will resurrect the spirits of sinful people. Look up and live, and everyone who does so may have eternal life in him. As it says in John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. To look up and see Christ crucified is to see the immensity of divine love at work in the midst of a far from perfect world and to hear Christ beckon us in his way of making all things new. To look up means to begin to accept that our sins are forgiven, our past is healed and our future is assured. Even though the road to the promised land ahead is likely still to be full of bumps and potholes, to look up means to keep going, to be honest about our failures, to own up to our shortcomings, yet to know that with the Spirit of Christ we can do things differently and we can discover a reason for living. We can look up and see because the light has come into the world to light up the way ahead and to assure us that the cross is the way to the promised land. I wonder what life you see when you look up. There were two stories that really struck me this week, in the past couple of weeks. You may have seen them on TV or in the news. They were stories of looking up in hope 
in the midst of trouble. The first was part of a BBC documentary by Orla Gehring about a nine-year-old blind Yemeni boy called Ahmed. And there he is in the midst of this bombed, shelled wreckage of a, a school where all the kids go in daily in amidst all the crumbling cement and mortar. And it's a really dangerous place. We would never do it in this country. But in war-torn Yemen, which we are fueling part of that conflict, there's this uh, group of children desperate to learn. And sometimes the teacher doesn't turn up at school. And so Ahmed, blind as he is, becomes the substitute, substitute teacher. And so he was interviewed in this little clip. And he talked about his, dream, his dreams as he looks up. His dreams for the future are to have a, a school which has a roof and windows. And the second story was very similar. It was an account of a young Afghan woman called Sarah Baraksi who said this, I dream of making the future easier for at least some girls in Afghanistan and of joining Pixar or, or, or Disney as an animation artist one day. But my number one dream for my country is lasting peace. These two children both looked up and saw a better world inspired by the Spirit of God. Their spirits have been awakened. What might we see when we look up? What sort of world might we, might we dream of? How might we hasten the coming of the promised land in our world and pray for its coming? Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you that you inspire us. We thank you that you cleanse us and you forgive us. We thank you that you've shown us the way to find life through Christ crucified. Help us to look up and live and to bring life to those around us. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening everyone. You've been listening to KNEC Sermons. You can find more information on our website www.knec4jesus.org.uk Look forward to hearing and seeing you again. Grace and peace.